Tuesday night edition of the Crash the Pond podcast. We're back here to discuss the NHL returning to play. It's actually going to happen, or at least it looks like it's very likely to happen. Today, Gary Bettman announced the NHL's plan to return with a 24-team format, laying out how that's going to work, laying out how the draft is going to work. And so we're going to get into all of it. There's a lot to go through here. Um, Exciting to know that we're going to see some hockey again. The NHL regular season for 2019-20 is officially over. So the Anaheim Ducks season is over. Although it was probably over in January, if we're being honest. Depending (laughs) on who you ask. I thought they really had a shot. You know, back back when they were only eight points out or or whatever they were. Um, So, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting news. Hope everybody had a good Memorial Day weekend. Jake and CJ are here, so we've got the the three man pod here to to figure out and communicate to everybody what they can expect because this is this is going to be a lot of fun if they if the NHL pulls this off this is going to be a Ooh. really fun format. I'm excited. Full forward line, baby. I think the most fun part from this format is that there's the potential for us to get four games in a day every day for two or three weeks, basically. Exactly, and. A lot of people are going to say, why is this so complicated? Why is this so... Why did they go to these lengths to include all these teams? And I think if you... Just to kind of zoom out before we get into the details, I think what the NHL tried to do here is they tried to please everybody. They tried to give the teams that were in the playoff hunt some kind of closure, some kind of finality, which is what they've done with the play-in. They tried to account for the fact that the seeding may have not been all the way finalized in some of the divisions. So you have your round Robin. They tried to account for the fact that the draft lottery, it's hard to come up with a system that makes sense when the season wasn't actually finished. So they've come up with this kind of two, two step process to account for if one of these teams that is going to be in the plan, if any of them actually get into the lottery. So I think they try to please everybody. And I think it, I think mostly everyone is satisfied. You could, everyone has maybe something to nitpick, but to me, the general consensus seems to be that people are satisfied, and not just with the fact that hockey is going to be back. But I think, I think they got they got there yeah. with most of the factors. Yeah, I think for the most part, this kind of accomplishes what everyone wants. I mean, you talk to most of the top teams in the league; um, they wanted to play games before playing in elimination games. They wanted to have some tune-up games. You look at, I believe Alex Kalorn mentioned uh, on the weekend that his biggest issue was, um, you look at how Tampa was last year. They kind of co- they kind of glided their way into the playoffs and then got swept, even though they were the best team in the league by far. And so kind of a big concern is coming off this big layoff. What do you do if you're a top team? Is it fair that you're jumping into a elimination round right away if you're the Boston Bruins, for instance, who have the best record in the league? And so... This is, I think, a good way of giving those top teams, and for those of you that don't know, the way the format is shaking out is the top four teams in each conference by points percentage will get a buy into the quote-unquote first round, and they will be playing a round-robin format against uh, the other teams. So they'll be playing three games against the other top four teams, and the team with the most points out of that round-robin gets the first seed, second most points, second seed, so on and so forth. So there is actually a real possibility here that Boston could be end up as the four seed but i think that this in turn gets them some games that are meaningful that affect their seed but also 
don't mean that they will be eliminated right away. And they've kind of mm-hmm. earned that right by having the regular season that they've had. Yeah. And just to quickly lay it all out here, since we're just jumping right in. So like you said, the top four teams in both the Western East Eastern conference receive a quote unquote buy, even though they're basically just already in the playoffs, uh, but they do have that round Robin tune up. So in the East, you've got Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia, And in the West, you've got St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. And then after that, this is where things get really interesting. So the remaining eight spots, eight spots are going to be determined by a best of five play-in series between the remaining teams, remaining 16 teams. So in the East, you've got the Penguins against the Canadians, the Hurricanes against the Rangers, the Islanders against the Panthers, and the Maple Leafs against the Blue Jackets. So, man, I am just licking my chops at some of those series. And then in the West, you've got the Oilers against the Blackhawks, the Predators against the Coyotes, the Canucks against the Wild, and the series no one cares about. Oh, sorry, the Flames against the Jets. So, um, yeah, let's just start here. We'll get into the draft afterwards uh, because that is its that is its own beast. But what do you, <laughs> what do you guys make of this playoff format? I really like it. I, uh, I, well, let's put it this way. I like it in the context of how everything has gone this season. Nothing is normal right now. Everything is on fire. It's fine. It's fine. We're all fine. <laughs> but that being said, I think that this is a situation where, and I was talking to Jake and Felix about this earlier, that I almost kind of like the fact that you've got people who didn't expect to be in the playoffs, like the Blackhawks, like the Canadians, who now have a shot. And as much as we've talked about tanking and how we think the Ducks should tank and blah, 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 and all that stuff, I personally am not a fan of tanking as a strategy. But in my opinion, in a salary cap system like the NHL has, it is, in my opinion, a viable and the best strategy for teams who are out of the picture, given the system. Now that all that's you know, kind of changed with this entire situation. I really do like the fact that they're giving teams more of a reason to compete. There's definitely some stuff to talk about, and we've talked about it with, like, potential opening up for some trading and things like that. But at the same time, getting more teams to try and compete, possibly get some upsets, even though they're low odds, um, you know, just get that entertainment. I think this is going to make for a really entertaining format, should it proceed. And I think the other fun part, so they have they said that the first round or that the the play in round, the qualifying round, whatever they're calling it, it's gonna be best of five, right? I'm not making that up or didn't Yes, it's gonna be best of five. Which I think is gonna be a lot of fun because these teams are gonna be coming off a huge layoff from the last time they played a competitive game. And so that kind of ups the ability, the fact that it's a short series that you could see some upsets. And this is a year where having the uh Basically, your record doesn't necessarily show what you're going to be. This is a weird year, and I want to see some fun things happen. And I'm usually someone who kind of more so wants to see the best team win, and I feel like that's kind of where I've settled in the last couple of years, wanting Tampa to do well. This year, I'm pure chaos. Give me whatever. Give me Montreal upsetting Pittsburgh. Right, Felix? Would, would that be an upset? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely wow. would be. I mean, in the standings, <laughs> in the standings, sure. But I don't, I don't. Uh, if, if you dive but, uh, in, I, don't I think I, it's an upset. I think the only thing that still needs to be addressed, and I doubt that they're actually even going to address it because what they'll they'll probably say is, of course, we're not doing this. the The deadline already happened. 
they need to open up the open up for trading again. It, it's well, it's simply that that is the one drawback is that right now you have teams like the Canadians that you brought up that were sellers at the deadline because they thought and rightfully so that their playoff chances were dead in the water, moving out guys like Marco Scandella and Ilya Kovalchuk. Um, so, I mean, I would imagine I mean, Gary Bettman did not mention this at all today. And I don't think no. he was asked about it afterwards. So maybe they're just not going to, maybe they're just not going to have that. Who knows? Maybe. But the way that Gary Bettman spoke about this, there is a lot of open-endedness to the format. So they, for example, whether it's going to be a bracket or not, when they actually do the seating, once the do plan. Yeah. So we don't know yet what that's going to yeah. be like. So I think it's good for them to leave it, some of it open-ended because like anyone knows at this point, uh, predicting two, three weeks into the future is pretty tough at this point in time. So I like this. Um, it's going to be crazy. I ultimately, I don't, I mean, I, this could sound horribly wrong in a couple months, but or in a few months, but I would say that it's still pretty unlikely that one of these play-in teams actually gets all the way through and wins the Stanley Cup. I, I feel, I still feel pretty good about the notion that, um, for example, the Avalanche are better than the Oilers or the Minnesota Wild. So even even if they do, though, we have <laughs> seen teams go on ridiculous runs in the last ten yeah. to twenty games and make the playoffs. So, but 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 there's a, exactly and and that that's the thing is that that play-in component. It's meant to mimic that kind of playoff mm -hmm. race. And at the same time, it is kind of strange to see a team like Montreal because they were out of it. They were not going to make the playoffs. And now they have this opportunity to, to do so. But look, not with that attitude. The, NH the NHL had to, they have to invigorate as many markets as they possibly can that they can justify. So you can't really give games to teams like Ottawa, LA. Anaheim that were just completely out of it. New Jersey, yeah. Detroit. Yeah, but yeah, Detroit. That sure, Detroit two seventy five winning percentage. Detroit Red Wings. God. Good God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that like, that would just that would just not have made any sense. So I think they stretched it as far as they reasonably could, and I'm not upset by it. I mean, I know that there are people who are nitpicking it all over Twitter, but I'm not one of them. I'm just happy I'm, to see hockey back, and I think that this. This kind of makes everybody as happy as possible. Have fun. And here's the fun part with it. So just so everyone knows, the way that they're going to do is they're going to split it up by conference and have hub cities. And so the Eastern Conference will be in one hub city, and that does not necessarily need to be in the East. And the West will be in the same, uh, being a sorry, being a different hub city. And they do not want the hub city to host their team. So... Vegas is one that's long rumored because of the fact that there are all the hotels and facilities and it's easy to host that many people. And apparently it, th this was the nugget that I was most intrigued by. Apparently Vegas has some of the best ice quality, or at least that's what's huh, said around the interesting. league. Well, which interesting. Well, which is impressive during the summer months as well. But, but so as part of that, um, you, if Vegas does get the a conference or if they are a hub city, it will be the East. It will not be the West. Um, because of Vegas yeah. being there. Do you want to and go over the, 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 so I'll go over the cities here. So Chicago, it. Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, you talked about Vegas, LA, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. So the issue with the Canadian cities is yep. that right now Canada has a 14 day quarantine rule for people passing through the border, um, which is very, very reasonable, but for the purposes of staging a playoff series is probably not very ideal. So uh, we the NHL has said that they're going to monitor what the laws are going to, how they're going to shift in Canada. 
So I would bet on the, uh, apparently the, all the momentum right now is towards those Western American cities. So yeah, Vegas and LA. America beats I, Canada sure. again. I'm fine with Vegas and LA. I mean, I would, there's really no benefit to me because I can't go either way, but it's just, And here's the thing that a lot of people aren't discussing when it comes to LA. LA is great because they've got LA Live. They've got a bunch of hotels in that area to host everybody like right in the Staples Center. That are area, that are empty. the biggest things. <laughs> yeah, right? But the one of the biggest things that I think they uh that is underappreciated by a lot of people is the fact that Staples Center actually has three home team locker rooms. One mm. for the Clippers, one for the Lakers, and one for the Kings. And that's a lot easier to maintain from a sanitation perspective, from a safety perspective, from quarantine, you know, the the, the guys on that. So um I well, actually think LA is a, a very good option strictly because of that. Do they also mm. have that many away team locker rooms? No, I believe there's only one away team locker room that okay. anybody will use. That was a and random. So that's the only thing, but that's still more than the well, average. Yeah. And, and so all majority of people listening to this are in Orange County, LA area, and so you know kind of where things are at currently. But I mean, this would all happen at the earliest. What was it like? Mid early July, mid July. So right right now, July first is, is the earliest for training camp. There we go. And yeah. then and then they're going to ramp their way up. And so realistically, games are competitive. Games are not going to happen until beginning of August if everything goes flawlessly and the NHL I mean the NHL is indicating that they're serious about this they've said that they're going to be uh purchasing somewhere around I think 20 to 35,000 testing kits so and during the playoffs they're going to be testing players daily so Mm -hmm. they're going to take every measure to make sure that this is going to be a doable operation now there's going to be some stress tests to be sure but I think that the daily testing is really important. Now, everything we've been told so far is that a test takes about 48 hours to come back uh, with results. But I'm guessing that, especially if you kind of read into rich people in LA being able to have tests that come back really quickly and that are not swab, nasal swabs, I think that the NHL is going to find a way to get the best and quickest test possible. So. Yeah. What do you mean rich people aren't held to the same standard as common well, folk? Well, I, 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 I actually, that <laughs> total aside, but I looked up these companies and you can get the saliva test for $150. And it's actually FDA approved now. Oh, wow. So, Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that adds up over time, but if, still. well, yeah, the NHL said there it's going to be in the millions of dollars for the tests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, but it's an kinda, investment. So, kind of jumping into this playoff because I think we've broken down all the information for the actual kind of breakdown of how the playoffs are going to happen. Um, and but I want to get your guys' take on this part. What do you think is the matchup that you're most looking forward to out of this group? CJ. Um, that's a, that is a good question. Um, I know which one I'm thinking if you want my opinion. I think there's a few. One that immediately jumps out to me is Canes versus Rangers. Yep. Um, Ding, ding, ding. And and I think that might be the biggest one for me just because, you know, the Canes weren't doing as well this season as I think they were expected to. Um, And they've got a lot of, you know, good players, some good firepower, but then the Rangers kind of came out of the, the the Rangers have like no defense to speak of, but they've got so much firepower on offense. Like they could easily score six, seven goals in a game. And not to mention, they've got a three headed goalie monster right now. So it's, that one is going to be really, really interesting. Is this the year that Lundqvist wins the cup? Ugh. Maybe, who knows? Maybe. The, 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 the Rangers, the, the, best. the Rangers gets, are well Panarin suited for a, a, a hot streak. 
Panarin gets hot, goes on a run. Yeah, because remember, like, goaltending tends to be one of the most important parts of a playoff team. Um, And so the fact that they've got three either average, I would probably consider Henrik Lundqvist average at this point, to above average to even good goalies. Georgiev can be almost elite at certain points. Um, They've got a really big advantage here. I would, I mean, my personal favorite is Penguins Canadians for obvious reasons. Shocker. But I, Shocker. But I think Homer. it's, it can actually, I think it's going to be an actually really good series. There's a lot of star power in that series and it's, it's two pretty well, solid teams. And then which, Oilers, Oilers Blackhawks is going to be great just because it's going to be such a train wreck. There, oh, yeah. th- there's just going to be, <laughs> oh yeah. The, the Blackhawks are a terrible defensive team, but they've got some offensive talent and, the Oilers have. It's going to be goaltending and, and defense optional. The, the Oilers have officially now the Art Ross winner in Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. So, mm. and actually, I mean, the Oilers are the improved version of the Oilers, the post deadline Oilers with Andreas Athanasiu and Tyler Ennis. So, yeah, that's that series could have a lot of goals in it. The series that I am least excited for. I mean, I already kind of let it out of the bag with Flames Jets, but I just don't. I don't care to see the Predators or the Coyotes anymore this this year. I just how don't. Yeah, that's dare you? How to get dare you? Sir. I would rather watch Maple Leafs Blue Jackets because I think the Blue Jackets would win that series. How dare you insult <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes? Okay, if anybody, okay, in, sorry. Toron- you, you if anybody in Toronto is listening to this, please actually, do not hesitate to call a mental health professional after this. I actually podcast. take it all back. I take it all back. Islanders Panthers. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that's gonna no, be the snooze fest. No interest. Oh, no interest. Although, I mean, the like both teams have like that's the thing is any of these series outside of Flames Jets, I can talk myself into being somewhat excited for. Even Canucks Wild, the Canucks have Elias Pettersson, so I'll watch him play. Oh, Ginger Wolf just Ginger Wolf just actually uh, solidified what uh, my reasoning. I want the Stanley Cup to be uh, given to someone with a Kachina jersey on. Make it they're happen. Not, they're not the going to wear it. The what if they wore it in wait, the playoffs? If they wore those in the playoffs, I would buy a Taylor Hall Kachina jersey right then. Let me ask you guys this before we eventually get to the draft format. Um, how do you feel about empty arena hockey? We'll see when we get it. Okay, well, you, it's gonna be I'm asking weird, you right but... now. I'm not asking you what, <laughs> what's going to happen. Damn. What a cop-out. Um, I'm it's gonna curious be weird. about it. It's going to be weird. Here's the question. Because kind of piggybacking on a conversation you and I had earlier in text message. Uh, the Bundesliga started with just completely empty, no noise, just the noise from the arena. And that was it. They have now taken the stance of on the broadcast, pumping in noise as if the crowd was there to make it seem nor- more normal. Okay. So is that the broadcast doing that? That is just the broadcast. On- okay. So it's not in the actual arena. No. Oh, yeah, then I'm all for it. Because I thought that it was going on in the arena. In, as long as they pump in booze every time Gary Bettman is on the well, screen. So well, that's the funny thing is watching the match today between Bayern Munich and Dortmund, I they had booze when there were calls being made. So I don't, I don't, basically. I, I don't know if, if that was just me and that was just my instinct to hear that. But anyway, so I wouldn't mind that. I think they're gonna they're they're gonna need to do something with the broadcast to kind of spruce it up a little bit because there's not gonna be the the beauty of playoff hockey is that all you need to do is really point your camera at it. You've got the yeah. fans waving the towels, you've got like the whiteout in Winnipeg. Um, you know, you've got the intensity. You're just 
you're not going to have that. Glow puck, glow puck, yeah. glow puck, glow puck. No, I'm curious no, how much no, of no, the how that. much of the trash talk we're going to be able to hear from the camera. That's the thing. Let us hear the chirping. Let us, because because we were talking about this like with the UFC doing empty arenas, and it actually almost improves it because you can hear the the punches landing. And so I'm curious. I mean, they're not going to have to put it on like a 10 second delay though. Yeah. I mean, they're never going to do it, but it would, it would be pretty great. They wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It it would be pretty great. Um, But so so I guess the other benefit from this is that, like I mentioned at the top, we're going to get four playoff games a day because if you, I'm so stoked. All of these teams are going to be in one city. So the Western is West is going to be one city East and another. Why would you not just run each series Every day. Basically, you'll do every West game one day. So you'll do a 10 a.m. game, a noon game, a 2 p.m. game, or noon game, 4 p.m. game, 7 p.m. game, or something like that. And you'll get all of the series in. I guess you still have to figure out a way to get the the round-robin games in. Uh, maybe you do those on the other you day. Know, and su- then the, suddenly, the- I'm t- s- suddenly, I'm okay with being laid off from work. <laughs> you just get to sit and watch hockey all day. I just get to sit and watch. Let's be real, though. This is the NHL. They could totally stagger these teams, but they're going to have all of them start at 4 p.m. Yeah, Eastern. It, it, they're all going to play at the if same they time. All, if, they, <laughs> if they over... Well, no, you... Well, I guess you could do each hub city playing on the same day. At, Jake, it's a joke. Yeah, no, but the, the sad thing is I could see the NHL doing it. Yeah, they're going to find a way to that, mess that up. Yep. Well, yes. here, here's my, here's my question. Let's just live in a magical world where the Ducks were in this, were, were eligible for this play-in round. Would you have them favored in any of these matchups against any of these teams? Nope. <laughs> CJ can just they, going can straight they play, to it. Uh, I'm they just play Montreal? Th- I don't think that they would beat Montreal in five games. <laughs> No, they they announced that the Ducks come in the, and that they uh, somehow well, are playing let, Edmonton, and then Ryan Kessler suddenly gets uh, his hip all better. And let, comes let, back. Let's assume okay that they're in the West. Let's just limit it to the West, which is probably better for them in this situation. Maybe I could I could see them beating Chicago or Edmonton, Maybe. but they had a lot of they had a Chicago, lot of trouble with Chicago this season. Chicago ran them over this year, and Nashville yeah. they did a little better against Nashville this year. Arizona that would Ducks. I mean. Maybe I shouldn't say this in a Ducks podcast, but Ducks Coyotes would be the most boring series out of all of them. If if we're talking I just mean, pure, enter- right. if we're talking yeah. just pure entertainment value, um, I think that Ducks could beat the Canucks. Let's give them that. They could maybe beat the Canucks. I think the Canucks are going to beat the that. Wild. I agree. Maybe I do agree with that. I think the Wild might be better. And and then Flames Jets. Uh, I think I think you could throw the Ducks maybe into that mix, but. That's the thing is that even though it is 24 teams, I think that all these teams are markedly better than the teams that were left out. The only team that maybe has is kind of kicking itself for being so terrible is Buffalo because oh, the, the Jets Buffalo, are, sorry. The Jets are a team the Ducks could compete against. Sure, but compete is is doing a lot of work there, Fair. but but Buffalo is probably the only team of the teams that were left out that I could see having a chance in this format because New Jersey, LA, San Jose, Ottawa, Detroit, forget it. No. LA was playing pretty well before the, before the, the stoppage, but yeah, I, that's yeah. pretty much it. So this is, mm-hmm. again, I think if you're trying to please everybody, which is clearly the NHL didn't come down with the hard line here, they tried to please everybody. And I think that they pretty much nailed it. 
Yeah, I'm a big, I, I'm a big fan. I would as best they could. Yeah, I would as agree. best they could. There's gonna be limitations okay. to everything. Um, really quick before we jump into the lottery, I want to ask you guys this. Uh huh. Genuine question: If Edmonton loses, as opposed to what, like a fake question? Yeah, exactly. Okay. If Edmonton loses, do you consider them a playoff team still? What no. do, What do you mean? As like in a, the like fact a playoff, that, like a playoff quality team. Just in general, the fact that was this year a playoff year for them? The fact that Edmonton finished the year, or even Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh actually is a better example because they finished with even more points. If Pittsburgh loses to Montreal and Pittsburgh had, what, 87, 88 points, something around there, by the time this stopped, if they lose and so they're out before the first round, were they not a playoff team? I would still consider Pittsburgh a playoff team um, because I think Montreal is actually a tough matchup for them. But... If Edmonton loses to the crappy Blackhawks, who actually have one more point than the Canadians, so maybe this is a bad point to make, then that looks that looks pretty bad on them. But they were still in fourth in the Western Conference with 83 points, but they still were fourth. So I never really considered them this this awesome team anyway, but that I don't know if this would really change anything for me about them. I have question marks regarding the Oilers' whatever happens here in this the, scenario. The reason I bring it up is what do we consider this playoff playing round? Is it the playoffs? Is it not the playoffs? It seems it's like not the, NHL, the playoffs. It the seems an, like the, the NHL, NHL has definitively said that this is well, not the Stanley cup. Playoffs. We have a it's, poll it's, it's that 64% agree with me, Jake, that doesn't matter. People's feelings don't so, matter on this. Jake, let NHL me ask you this. It's not the playoffs. Okay, go for it. When, it. when you, when you get to a stop sign, do you ask yourself, is this actually a stop sign? Well, is this me actually ask you, asking me no, to stop? But, but it, it <laughs> or should I just stop. or should I just slow so, roll? So so it's saying okay. Stop. So when a league says that these games are not playoff games, but what is a playoff game? What is a stop sign? A stop Jake, sign is a sign right. that Jake, says this is the, the, this has already lasted too long. Let's get into the yeah, draft lottery. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So everyone, be on my side, please. Everyone be wrong is what he's trying to get you to do. Sixty-four um, percent of people agree with drink. me. I need like three more white claws right now. <laughs> so let's get into the draft lottery. So essentially, there's going to be two phases to the draft lottery. The first phase is going to be the regular draft lottery, correct? Just if we if we if we had just stopped when the season was halted, this would have been the standard format, correct? correct. The, in correct. the first Were phase. You, Correct. Where basically you have the weighted lottery for picks, what would it be? One through 15. Uh, mm-hmm. Or weighted lotteries for the, for the teams that are for picks one through three with the bottom 15 teams in the league, the non playoff teams. Correct. Uh, so by the, what, by what the, the old format. What the NHL is trying to do here, again, like we were saying earlier, to please everybody, because there was that concern of what if a team gets first overall and then wins the Stanley Cup? One of these teams that's in the play in. So if one of these teams that is in the play-in gets into the lottery, gets one of the top three picks, then there will be another lottery. And at that point, the odds will change. Correct. So, I mean, let me, let me try to explain this in a simple way and let me know if this makes sense. You have Detroit, Ottawa, San Jose, LA, Anaheim, New Jersey, Buffalo, with the odds of Detroit having a 19% chance of first overall Ottawa 14%, San Jose 12, LA 10, Anaheim 9, New Jersey 8, Buffalo 7, and then essentially you have team A through H where they do not have a team assigned to them at all. 
and those have a cumulative odd of 24.5%. And that's basically just taking the percentage that was assigned to those teams. So if we were in the prior format, Montreal would have 6%, Chicago 5%, Arizona 4 Minnesota 3 Winnipeg 3 New York Rangers 2 Florida 2 Columbus 1 So it's essentially taking all of those percentages and adding them together into this 24.5% lump, essentially. If that 24.5% lump somehow were to win the lottery for any of the one through three picks, there would then be a second lottery where every team that loses the play-in round would have equal chance of winning. So every team would have a one and eight chance. So running through this scenario here, let's just say Detroit gets first overall. Let's just say for fun, the Ducks get second overall. The third pick goes to any of the team A through H um, per the NHL's wording of it. Let's, regardless. Say, let's say Edmonton. <laughs> well, no, Edmonton's not in that. No, 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 no. But oh, team, I thought you were using the example of if a team so, that was in so the play. No, but random, random, draft lottery day. random, draft random, lottery day. random team A through H wins. So team B wins the third overall pick. There would then be a second lottery after the play-in round happens with every team that loses in the play-in round having a one in eight shot of getting that team B pick. Does that so make sense? Be, so that second lottery would be for them to get the third overall pick. If Detroit and the Ducks get one and two, the other teams who lose the play-in don't get a shot at one or two. This is a second lottery for that pick that was won by team A yes. through H, which in this specific scenario is pick number three. Yes. Repeat this scenario if they get if team A through H or that lump gets either one or two. Yes, and the second lottery does not happen if one, two, and three go to any of, all three of those go to any of Detroit, Ottawa, I guess Ottawa again because San Jose, LA, Anaheim, New Jersey, Buffalo. If any of those teams win one, two, and three, uh, there is no second lottery. The second lottery only happens if one of the team A through H wins. And so essentially what they're attempting to do is allowing the play-in round to play out and every team that loses the playing round having equal opportunity to get into the lottery if that tip pick wins. And so kind of circling back to the Ducks perspective, there is no difference now. And I think that is the critical part in all of this for Ducks fans to understand. There is no difference now than if the season had concluded and the standings had remained exactly the same. The Ducks percentage coronavirus had never happened. Exactly. The Ducks percentage (laughs) chance of getting different picks is exactly the same as it was back uh, in March. And so just to lay it out there for you, here's the percentage chance of them ending in different positions. They have a 9% chance of first overall. There's a lottery again for the second overall pick, which with a 9% chance, another lottery for the third overall pick where the Ducks have a 9% chance in, then based upon all the odds, they have an 8% chance of staying put at 5%, 35% chance of dropping a 6, 27% chance of dropping a 7, and a 4% chance of dropping all the way to 8th. So basically the last podcast that Felix and I would have done where we went over the potential early June draft and all that stuff. It was a rumor. Team, yeah, it was a rumor that ended up not being true at all, and the first three picks being lotteried is back to how it is, and it's exactly the same for the ducks. And I think that is the most critical part. in all this is understanding that nothing has changed for the ducks. Nothing has changed. And I think kind of zooming out of this lottery system. So what, what do you guys like or dislike about it? Well, go I for like it. it. 
I mean, I like it. I think this is the fairest way possible to run this right now. I do think... I do have a little criticism of them wanting to run the draft lottery before the season plays out. Now, I get why they're doing it. I, I know because the draft lottery has a way higher percentage chance of actually happening than the season. Because remember, even though the NHL announced a return to play format right now, that's still not a guarantee that it's going to happen. There could be some disagreements. We could have another coronavirus breakout. We could have team, you know, there's a lot that could go wrong. Plus they want to entertain us as well. They want to give us some hockey content. So I get why they're doing it. I just, I do have a little bit of a quibble with them hosting it now before they actually solidify all the draft positions. That being said, if they are going to host this before all the draft positions are finalized, I do like this. And I do like the fact that, you know, we're not going to have somebody who could win the cup and win the first overall pick. And we're not going to have, um, we're not going to have a situation where, the um you know somebody who wins a lottery an unknown team wins a lottery and that you know they're guaranteed it and gives somebody a um an incentive to tank out of the playoffs so they can get the first overall pick i like how they're doing this given the situation they put forth jake what do you think um i i think that uh i think overall it's a good format i think that uh basically um Basically, this this gets them a draft kind of exactly um, exactly the closest to what they would have had previously, if that makes sense. Um, this kind of matches the methodology that they had prior, and I think that this does a good job because my concern was if Team A through H1, if that was based on points percentage, let's just say they run the draft lottery, Team A wins, that would be Montreal if Montreal lost because they, had, they were the last team points percentage-wise to make the playoffs. So if Montreal were to uh, lose, they would get first overall pick, for instance, based upon that. So this eliminates that because is, Team A is now that, is, is that not... such a is that such a bad outcome? Well, or... let me ask you this: Would you have rooted for Montreal to win if that was the case? Here's the thing: this this well, anyway, we can but, get into this. I later, mean, that does that doesn't really not, matter. This situation is not great for the Canadians' no. rebuild. No, but here's the thing though, is that I think that this does a good job of resolving that concern yeah. and that issue. Well, it's like, here's, it's like, here's, it's like CJ was saying, it kind of, it kind of tidies it up. It does make it more complicated, but I think yes, it's going to, it's going to give us a June lottery. It's going to give us something to watch, which is important for the, for the networks and ratings. So I'm, I'm on board with that. It, it's going to give us something issue. to talk about. Here's my issue. And, and this is something I've mentioned before is this year's weird. This year's odd. There's never gonna say. be an. There's never gonna be another season like this one. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. There's. Well, uh, <laughs> there, on there, Jake, hope take that back. Fair. L- fine, let me introduce fine. you to the 2020, 2021 season. Fair. There most likely won't be any other season like this. It, it won't happen like this. That is for sure. So. I, I yeah, think correct. that what you can reasonably do is do something different. Do something weird to entice fans, get fans engaged. The realistic chance, I mean, granted, it is a lottery 24%. lottery tournament. No, not lottery tournament. <laughs> but make picks, playing lottery tournament make picks one through seven all lotteried, and only for the teams not in the play-in because they did not even get a chance to be in the play-in. So well, those are, are you the saying this really, because you want to increase the Ducks' odds? Well, it may actually make. It doesn't increase it. I have no idea if it does or doesn't. <laughs> I haven't really thought it through. We're just well. all over. It depends the place. on how they seed it. It well, could. It, it depends I'm fine on how with they it because 
the I'm fine with this because the the teams that are in that lottery outside of the play-in teams were so resoundingly bad that there's no yeah. questioning that they should be there. Yeah. Whereas that other half or other portion, you there is still some some debate there. But like the Ducks, Kings, the Sharks, aka Senators, the actual Senators, the Red Wings, and include the Devils and Sabres, they were all so terrible that I don't think it. I don't think we well, need to do anything about that. That statement has been made. They've kind of shown us the path. You know, the one, the one thing I'm really curious about to see. So really quickly, I do want to mention this. The, my understanding of the way it's going to work out is after the lottery is done, everyone will be replaced in the standings based upon um, points percentage. It doesn't sound like they're going to do it based on playoffs or anything like that. It looks like it's going to be points percentage. I could be wrong on that, but if that is the case, then the Ducks' second first overall pick will be 31st overall because of the Bruins. So that is my understanding there. I had a question about that, wanting to know where that Bruins pick uh, would end up. And so my understanding is that the Bruins pick will end up being 31st overall for the Ducks. That could be wrong, though, so don't quote me on that. My question, though, on this is lottery protection and playoffs. I think that that is a key reason why the NHL is defining the playoffs like they are is that there's a lot of conditional picks and a lot of different things that the conditions Mm -hmm. are making the playoffs. The conditions are lottery protected. And there's no way that you could use this extraordinary circumstance and introduce it into that. And I think that this way, this, that's my biggest thought on this is their definition of playoffs, their definition of working. Well, also, also for, for, for record keeping, you know, in the future, when we look back on this, how are they going to define these games? Well, how do you define the play-in games, though, in terms of goal scored? I mean, that's going to be really interesting for players because I think I think they're going to have to they're going to have to either make a totally new category that will just go down in history as just this year or exhibition. I mean, it's, or lump it's, it in with or, or lump it in with playoff scoring. That is that would make the but, most but it, sense. But the to NHL me. has said it's not the NHL playoffs. Well, they said that, but, but they that, have, but they said that they don't know yet if they're going to yeah, lump this the into stat- playoff stats. It's still on the table. I mean, yeah. I would be fine with that just for the sake of simplicity. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's just because when it you is look at confusing. contracts and things like that, that is a part of it is playoff scoring and people. Well, do yeah, look at that. I mean, I mean, think about it. That there's a re- like you said, there's a reason that statement was made and this line has been drawn because of future negotiations, right? Conditional picks. Condi- I mean, the conditional picks, picks are the the this key is part gonna here. Have, th- that if if those games are considered playoff games, that would have a huge ripple effect well, because a lot of these guys on these teams yeah. haven't been in playoff games for the most part. And so if they come out and I mean, it's still going to increase their value. For example, I'm just thinking from a contract perspective, but if a guy can't say I scored X amount of goals in these playoff games, you know, that that's probably better for the long term. I don't well, know. And also, it's and I think the other, the other thing in terms of the lottery that I think is the key part here and why they didn't go my all chaos route of the one through seven, all lottery <laughs> besides is, it being your all chaos route. Fair, fair, but no, th- there are conditions on picks with lottery and they're lottery protected. So yeah. if, if you don't make the quote unquote playoffs as they're defining it, but you're not in the lottery, how does that work with lottery protection? What what yeah. goes on with that? And so this is the simplest way of every team not in round one is in the lottery so that lottery protections and essentially all the conditions are still kind of kept and met for different people. And the other reason why I think playoffs are important in terms of the definition and why my personal opinion, the NHL is not going to define it as playoffs ever. 
I, for me, I view it as playoffs, but it's contracts. There are bonuses and contracts for making yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that that's the other part is that, like, I think Corey Perry has a bonus in his contract this year, depending on how many playoff games he well, plays. Well, let's it. face it. Corey Perry's going to get suspended the first game he plays. So <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. Well, he gets suspended Ouch. in the round robin series, and then he's, he's back for the Corey round. Corey Perry's round... going to say, you know what? I actually kind of like being home. I'm just gonna spear someone in, in game one and just get out Perry, of here. Perry, Perry <laughs> is gonna say, "I don't want to play in these play in these uh, round robin games, so I'm just gonna go straight to round one and get myself suspended yeah, three games. I'll just or two games. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty great. That would be very on brand for him. Um, couple yeah. other random thoughts that have come into my head. What do you think they're gonna do? Do you think they will increase the size of your roster and your bench? They have. Size? Well, they yeah. have, they to, have ro- to. They have to roster. Yeah. Will they allow you to carry more guys on your bench to carry a 13th forward and a 7th defenseman on the bench? Because we're seeing the reason I bring this up is soccer is allowing for two additional subs. They're allowing for five subs. I'm trying to think why that would be needed, though. In case guys aren't back in shape. Well, they're going to have a training camp and the round rock. And I think they're going to have exhibition games. Yeah. No, they're not going to have exhibition games. They're jumping straight back into it. Well, no, they're at, they have training camps. They have so. well, yeah, outside yeah, of training. Yeah, but not camp. Exi- like yeah, scrimmages, maybe. I, I, but. I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen because that that just wouldn't really that wouldn't really make sense I mean, for for soccer. It, you can just keep a guy on the sideline, but for hockey, it's a little different. Your your bench is mm-hmm. a specific size. <laughs> that is that so, is, I think, the biggest down down part the, to the, that. The, the, the there's an actual the physical space. There's an actual physical limitation. Maybe the rules on a scratched player being put into the lineup are changed. I don't know, mid game, but I don't, how badly out of shape would guys need to be for this to actually be required? I don't, I mean, that's the thing is I'm noticing. So I've been watching some of the Bundesliga guys are getting gas sooner and teams are using all five of their subs because guys are tired. And, and here's the other thing. Injuries are a big concern because guys are coming back and they're getting injured at a rate that we haven't seen in previous seasons. Cause they're getting back in the Bundesliga did do a two week training camp also just mind you on that. So that is not a difference between the two. Um, and so I just, it, it's something to think about. Maybe the way they do it is the scratch where you can bring a scratch into the game. Yeah. That's what um, I was saying. Yeah. May, yeah. I'm giving mm-hmm. you, yeah, I'm giving you credit on that feeling. No, no. I'm like I'm, ag- I'm agreeing. Like that's, that's probably the only way you can do it because otherwise, I mean, you can't make the bench longer. Yeah. So. Although, I could see them I, again. I could see them doing something for the, like. I think it's not going to be like completely normal, but yeah, I, I think that may be the most. How did they do it in thing. the 2010 Olympics? Because Olympic play, you're allowed, I think, a 13 forward and a seventh defenseman on the bench. And so I'm curious how they do it with World Junior because I think World Juniors is similar. So they somehow make it work with that, and it's sim- the similar barn. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a if they can fit the guys, why not? There, there's really no reason not to. Um, it's going to be weird. There's going to be a lot of weirdness. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I think that when I see people just tearing the NHL apart on Twitter, it's not like they're wrong. It's just that I feel like, I feel like, no, like, like (laughs) the points, the individual points they're making are not necessarily wrong. It's just that I feel like they don't realize how much being the one who has to make these decisions in this unprecedented environment, how difficult that that has to be. Please don't say that again. What? 
unprecedented environment. I'm so sick of commercials saying, oh, we're in these unprecedented times. And I'm sitting here like, dude, I miss precedented times. Shut up. Well, okay, then. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. The point being, (laughs) making these decisions is really tough. And the amount of people that they have to, like, please during this is a very long list because you've got all the different teams with the actual hockey ops. You've got the business side. You've got the owners. You've got the NHLPA. You've got agents. You've got people within the league office who have different opinions. So, and you've got probably the broadcast companies. I mean, this is a massive operation and they've never, and they've never had to do it before. So, and I guarantee you, there you go, CJ, I use a different term. Going going, oh, going back to, really quickly, the draft lottery format, why they're doing it when they're doing it and why they're doing it that way, I guarantee you the reason why they're doing it, as Felix brought up broadcast, they're probably getting pushed from broadcast companies to give them content. Well, yeah, and because this, the, the broadcast partners, I mean, this is a this is a, an actual partnership. And yep. so they, mm-hmm. this is the fact that there's no hockey is not helping NBCSN at all. So and, they need, and they it need gives something. Them a, and it gives them a scheduled event, whereas... This whenever these playing games happen, it's not scheduled. It, it's gonna be a while till we have a set date. But June twenty sixth now draft lottery. They're gonna be able to promote that, and we should what, maybe do a, a watch along for that. What will you do if the Ducks get the first pick? I mean, we should definitely do a stream for it just so my reactions are caught on screen. I am really hoping that all of the seven teams that are out get into the lottery, or that all three of the teams that that get the top three picks are from that group. Because I don't, the, yeah, I do too. I don't oh, want, from, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to have to deal with the phase two. But what if Montreal is in that group, or what Montreal is in that group if they lose? Yeah, but like what they would the, have a one in eight the, chance. <laughs> one in eight, twelve percent chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying for the sake of simplicity, I would prefer that. Obviously, if, if my team were to get the first overall pick, I would be happy. But all right, I, I think to to wrap this thing up in a bow in comparison from this uh, between this and the last format that we talked about, which was the the one where the Ducks could have gotten first overall, but that was it, and they were kind of locked into fifth or sixth. This kind of puts the Ducks in a little bit more of a high-risk scenario because they could move down to eighth, but it has a high reward. They could end up first, second, or third. Yeah. And eighth there is a not, decent chance. Eighth would not be awesome. Eighth would not eighth is the spot you do not want to be in because there are seven great players in this draft. Well, eight okay, kind of puts you be, in a weird spot. To be fair, eighth is not terrible by any means. It's just it's where things start to be a lot more all over the map. Where it's yeah, it's difficult to say who will even be available. It, there's not that set hierarchy that there is at the top. Well, I shouldn't even say set hierarchy because no one seems to agree, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, just this, so you know, this draft is everywhere. So the Ducks have a 26.1% chance of getting first overall, or sorry, top three, not first. So 8%, 8.5% chance of getting first overall, 26% chance of getting into the top three. Mm-hmm. So pretty solid odds. Here are some guys mm-hmm. who could be available. This is just spitballing here. Uh, who could be available at eight. Cole Perfetti, Jake Sanderson, Solid. Jack Solid. Quinn, Anton Lindell. They're, they're going to get a good player, but you see how that that drop-off, I think, in upside. I mean, Cole Perfetti does have a lot of upside, but he also has some flaws. Some people have him really high. Some people have him lower in this area. So that's what I mean by eighth is kind of gets a bit more dicey. Um, 
Whereas, as we were talking about on the previous show, five is is a great spot. I think five is one of the best uh, spots. Yeah, although to be in. as as I'm looking at it, eight kind of puts you right at the edge of the range where it, it you're really, not gonna. It, it really just depends where certain guys go. But you're gonna get one of. I, I think there is a group of eight in this draft, and I think that the Ducks really? are guaranteed in that group of eight. Really, I think Wait, there's who's your eighth. My eighth would probably, I mean, my eighth is probably Cole Perfetti. There are some guys that have Marco Rossi as low as eight. There, I mean, the, yeah. for me, it's Lof, I mean, it's Lafreniere by Byfield. Then after that, it's kind of a mix. I think Stutzle is a, a fair amount higher, but goes Stutzle, and then there's the group of like Raymond, Drysdale, Perfetti, Holtz, Rossi. And so, I mean, yeah. there's possibility that Holtz is available at eight, who would be a great fit. I I could actually see Holtz being available at eight. Um, I could see I could see. Stutzle potentially being available at eight. Yeah, it, that's the thing is because I, think eight, I could I, I could see Perfetti going in the five to seven range. Yeah, I, I that that's why I don't think <laughs> I love falling to eighth. Falling to eighth isn't awful for the Ducks, but it's not great. I am sad that this means no early June draft. I was actually looking forward to that. Now we get uh, June twenty uh, sixth. Uh, now the draft lottery. is going to be in in the fall. Yeah, and the weird thing uh, is, what, most likely at this rate, yeah. what does that do to like Tim Stutzle? Does he go back to Alder Mannheim because or Adler Mannheim because that season might restart? Yeah, as opposed to the AHL. Um, that's actually a really good question. But that question was going to be there no matter what, though. I think. But now it's even more so. Is he going to wait because the draft the draft is not happening? Might not happen until after the Adler Mannheim season starts. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's the other thing is how are they, man? How, how there's are, a whole lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, eighth is going to be interesting. I'm just I don't know why I'm just so fixated by this eighth thing. But what if, let's say that Perfetti, let's say that Perfetti, Sanderson, Quinn, and Lindell. Let's just pick those four are available. Who are you going with? Name. Sorry, say them again. So let's just assume that at eight, so Lafreniere, Byfield, Raymond, Stutzle. Rossi, Drysdale, and Holtz are off the board. And so you've got this group of four players. Uh, you've got Perfetti, Sanderson, Quinn, and Lundell available. Perfetti. Perfetti. Interesting. I'm going to go with Perfetti, too. Yeah, I, I agree, because he is a flawed player, but he, in my opinion, he also has the highest upside of all of those. And if at this point in the lottery, you're, you you got to go for the highest upside, especially for this Ducks team. Yeah, Anton Lindell is a really good player also, so I, yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with that group. I just think Perfetti is, without yeah. a doubt, the best out of that group. Perfetti is probably... How I would rate those based on the Ducks' needs, I would probably... Oh, man, this is tough. I would have Perfetti 1... In terms of just pure need, so Perfetti has that really high offensive ceiling. At two, I would Some put people are really high on Sanderson. I would put Jake Sanderson at two, and then at three, I would put Lundell because I think he he's just a guy that let's say in the future, like let's say you have um, Zegras and Lundell as your top two centers because Lundell is a guy that everyone's saying can just be a middle six center, just lock that in, and then I would have Quinn at four because. There's just some issues with the mobility and the offensive upside. I just don't think he really fits what the Ducks need. So I would be tempted to take Sanderson because even though he is a lefty, he's just a really good defenseman, which the Ducks don't have a lot of in their system. <laughs> Another lefty. Although Another Jack, lefty. Quinn, Jack Quinn, 52 goal scorer in the OHL this past year. Yeah. No, to, to be sure, he was so productive. But there's just... 
there's too much out there, it seems, about how he's not really the guy creating, that he needs a playmaker, that he's not the fastest. I don't know. It just If we're looking at the Ducks and what they have, maybe a line with Jack Quinn and Trevor Zegras, maybe that that's where you make it work. But I think I would rather add in another guy who can create and make others better. Um, as opposed that's to- the thing is that the the ducks have too many players right now who kind of depend on on elite or like high-end talent to make them productive i think that you know ricard raquel is a great player but he's i think kind of the golden example of the fact that in order to reach his true ceiling he kind of needs an elite center to work with and so um Ooh, don't you, you tell see that, that don't a tell lot that's a with team Huh? <laughs> you, you, you see you, you see that a lot with this team so i i would agree with you felix that they're really they really need somebody who's going to be able to create a lot of their own stuff they need it then that's why that's why i would have perfetti at the top of that list but yeah i just feel like sanderson is really underrated at this point and at least in this area of the draft and it man if he were a righty he would be such a lock for the ducks at this pick for me because he solves so many problems I'm just out here trying to solve the Ducks blue line just mess <laughs> with all these lefties. So anyway, a little draft scuttlebutt for you guys. All right, you guys have anything else? Anything you want to talk about or nope. touch on? I am all Jake. good. Lewis Jake. asked us a quick question. Jake, Jake is, has nothing to say. That is, is Trevor Zegras even playing for the Ducks next season or is he headed to San Diego? I think he starts the year in the, with the goals actually. I may have said a different thing last last time I was asked the question, but maybe he starts with the goals. Yeah, my my gut is that he starts with San Diego. He very well could start the season in Anaheim. Like that's an extremely real possibility. It's not like this some out of left field possibility. But if I'm going with my gut, I'm gonna have to agree with Jake that I think he starts in San Diego. Also, me- that growler is gonna be very tasty, uh, CJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, let me know when you want that growler. Breweries Wait, are still what, open. What, Let's support what, local. What, what is this about again? Uh, CJ and I <laughs> had a bit of a bet. A CJ and I had a bet where uh, if uh, Trevor Zegras came out of college, he owed me a growler. If he did not, then I owed him a growler. J- Jake signed is, his entry deal. Jake is batting a thousand on on Ducks prospects coming out of college. Yep, and yep. we're t- it's it's a very small sample. Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras, but but. Give Still. credit. Give credit where credit's due. Um, I, that's enough to draw sweeping conclusions. My question I, to Lewis's I question. Think George, I think my, George owes me a growler. Also, sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, just, he's just never collecting growlers. <laughs> my question to Lewis's question is: Is Adam Henrique still in the team in this scenario? If you are the Ducks and trading reopens, do you trade Adam Henrique for? Yes. For what? Would a team give up a first round pick if they're in the playing round? No, they wouldn't because of his contract. Henrique alone doesn't get he, you a first he, round pick. Henrique might. He's look at look at what goals. he did this year. Twenty five goals. I mean, yeah, he did, but at this point, you don't I think, think Nashville all, would give up a first rounder with a Z. We 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 crap on GMs all the time for making stupid decisions, but let's let's be real here. More often than not, they're making smart decisions. If you're dumb ones, if you're a GM, don't what you are shoot we your shot this about? year? Are we talking about oh? I don't know. Oh, if one of the okay. Well, let let me ask you this: Which play-in team would give up a first to get Adam Henrique? It for well, a Nash- so could, so they now. can use this player Nashville in a five-game series. I feel like no one's giving up a first for that short series. Yeah, that's if maybe a term, second. If you thing. if you get term, Adam Henrique has term, which might be a good thing for some team. He has term, <laughs> oh, but he man. also is very expensive. <laughs> I for love what this. He gives you like like he's not. 
I love this. I made the argument that Henrique has value. Nashville. Henrique to Nashville for... I feel like Nashville's first could be really valuable for 2021. If Nashville loses to Arizona, it could be a first overall pick. Oh, you're saying they're... Oh, so you're saying for the 2020 draft. I thought you were talking about... If they reopened. Oh, okay. Oh, man. That, That is just... Even a, a riverboat gambler, Man, like Manson Dave Poyle, to someone would not Manson do that. Manson to someone for a first. So, how if you are one of these teams in the playing round, are you willing to give up your first round pick this year? Now, I just I, I if they reopen I, I for trading, I couldn't talk myself into it, knowing I that if not. I lose, knowing that if I lose, the team I just traded with could end up getting a top pick. That would be the end of my term as GM. I would not make it past yeah. another year. That that would Let's be catastrophic. Be but the, but if you win the cup, this is the NHL. <laughs> hold on, this is the NHL we're talking about, where everybody is afraid to do anything remotely risky. But I but I like, feel like on, this really? is this is like un, unrealistically risky though. Like it's not unreasonable yeah. to yeah. not do this. <laughs> yeah. No, agreed. It was just something Jake I just wants out there. chaos. Oh, I one hundred <laughs> team chaos, chaos is all fun. The way. So are, are we is. now getting to see Sammy Votnin play for the Hurricanes though? Yes, we are. I hope so. Are we getting we're getting Vladimir Tarasenko back also? Yeah. Oh baby. The Blues Let's are going to be this. scary. I am really fascinated to see how this plays out. I can't wait. Yeah. Who's yeah. Your, who's your cup winner right now? Vegas. Wow. Home home ice advantage without any fans? I mean, I hate it cuz of my record on things, but probably Vegas. I think they're just really good. Interesting, CJ. Who's your? I don't know, your man. Favorite in this, I, this group? I, oh wait, I, I don't. I don't think Vegas has the goaltending. I'm. I'm going with Boston. Really? Sorry, Robin cha- Leonard. Changing my. Changing my opinion. Dougie Hamilton's gonna be back. Canes winning the cup. <laughs> they, I mean, Canes would be great. Canes couldn't even make the playoffs. They just had so many issues. They had so many issues being consistent with scoring, and their their goaltending is just so suspect. I have a prediction. Okay. Carry Pr- Price 2015 resurgence. Oh, good lord. Con <laughs> Smythe winner. Carry Price hasn't been good in 4 years. Let's, Con let's calm down right now. That's not true. But <laughs> Carry Price returns to form and the Canadians find some scoring luck and their 5v5 play carries them through. Stanley Cup I mean, number 25. Here's the thing. Montreal's underlying numbers are actually really good. They're insanely good. The problem is... They are. They are. Yeah. I and actually, the, the, my, the, my favorite stat is that the Canadians have a top three power play on the road. And they have... Well, they're going to be on the road always. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, if you just average out their terrible home power play and they're one of their league best power plays on the road, they're, that becomes a strength for them. So, yeah. Give me, give me the Habs. Give me the Habs doing it the hard way. Coming back from the depths of despair. <laughs> I know you wow. guys are loving this. Good stuff. You know, if the Ducks were in this, you would talk yourself into it like I am with my team. Oh, completely. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm trying to think what argument you can make for the Ducks to get all the way through, but you would find one. You would say John Gibson is going that, that is, is, is is to rediscover reason. his form of a year ago. Um, that is the reason. Troy Terry is going to become good. Um, he you know. is good. You shut your face. <laughs> Trevor Zegras will get to play. Uh, yes. Nick Delaurier, 15 goals. Christian Juice will will lead the playoffs in scoring as a defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time Sonny we wrap. Milano shoots 50%. I think it's time we start wrapping. Well, I think he was doing that up. already. <laughs> so yeah. All right. uh, if you want to help support the show, uh, one way you can easily do that is 
by following us on Twitter uh, on Twitch. You can go to twitch.tv slash crash the pond. And if you have Amazon Prime, you get Twitch Prime. So you get one free Twitch Prime sub each and every month. You do have to hit that subscribe button after 30 days. Um, and you do have to redo that every 30 days. But it does help support the show in a way that uh, you can't even imagine. It really helps out a lot. The other way you can help support us uh, monetarily is if you want to support us on Patreon, you actually get a bonus for that. If you support us at the $1 tier, you get access to our uh, Patreon-exclusive Discord chat. And if you support us at the $5 tier, you get access to our bonus episode. And we do two of them a month. We will be doing another one this weekend. Right, Felix? Right, Felix? I don't know. I'm just I'm on your schedule. Jake's, bonus Jake says a podcast is happening that day. It, it just happens. So hey, we, that's what I do. I make it happen. We're on Jake uh, time. Make it happen. Um, but our last one was actually really fun. We did some brackets. We also did a game show. It was me, CJ, and Felix on it. The game show was very entertaining. And I, and I won without understanding the rules. <laughs> that, shots that, fired at you, CJ. Yes. It's not just even shots. shots. Well, we, I'm just patting myself hard on the back. Well, we also got we, we got a review, I believe, what? It was from Spencer, I believe, who said that was one of the funniest pods Spencer Woods liked like it. he'd ever seen. Yeah. You know, yes. a couple of that. So that was a good one. Yes, we we may have that game show uh, back. And I think this time maybe CJ will be quiz, quiz master. Yeah. And we'll, yep. we'll pit CJ me will be against the evil, Felix. The evil quiz master. Well, we'll pit me against Felix. <laughs> I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice this. behind the scenes. There's no... What? I'm ready. I'm what? just, just going to teach someone else how this works and just fire <laughs> fire options at me. All right. So the other way you can help support is outside of Patreon, outside of Twitch. Um, you can also find us on YouTube by searching for Crash Spawn. I believe that we now have the URL, youtube.com slash Crash Spawn. Find us there, patreon.com slash Crash Spawn also. Um, you can support us by going to the website, crashspawn.com. Uh, CJ put up an article today about the yeah, I, uh, I used it to, to go through the beginning of the show. So props yeah. to CJ. <laughs> yep. And so the other way to help support us is Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there if you can. It helps out a lot. Five-star re- reviews help out a lot. If you like this show, it gets us kind of further up the rankings and everything along there. We actually got one back on May 7th from Trigger uh that said great pod five stars listening all the way in oklahoma being so far away makes it difficult to stay up to date with in-depth ducks news this has been a great podcast so far the website is also very good thanks guys so thank you so much for the kind words about the podcast thank you so much for the kind words about the website also so i think that will do it you can find me on twitter by going to reindeer games 91 or uh, you can also go to the Crash the Pond Twitter account. Give it a follow. Help us out there. Yep. That's at Crash the Pond. CJ is on Twitter at CJ Woodling. I am on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. So that is going to do it for tonight's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you are safe. Hope you are healthy. And we will talk to you at the next show. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.